0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study <coughs> of the second book of Kings, that is Malachim Bet. We are at chapter 4, and we, can, we are continuing to read and learn about the life of Elisha and the career of Elisha, which is going to take up um, the next uh, about seven or so chapters of Malachim. And we're going to learn a lot about this remarkable prophet and what occurred during his career of prophecy. Now, um, if we recall, near the end of the life of Eliyahu, at least the the known life of Eliyahu on on this uh, earth, before he was taken up to heaven, Eliyahu had a conversation with Elisha in which he asked Elisha what gift what he would want. Right? And Elisha said that he should have the twice the qualities, quite twice the power, twice the energy of Eliyahu. If you recall how when we studied the career of Eliyahu, the career of Elijah the prophet, we pointed out how Eliyahu attempted to turn the people towards God through Numerous actions, mostly actions of miracles, most notably, of course, the miracle of Hara Carmel, the spectacle of, that happened on Hara Carmel when he challenged the prophets of Baal. We learned how unsuccessful Elio was in this attempt. And I am going to make the suggestion that Elisha, following in the footsteps of his teacher, felt that if only I could perform miracles that are even better, even bigger, even like twice as good, twice as much, maybe then I could turn the people's hearts towards God. So Elisha was taking an approach that was very similar to Eliyahu's. Now, we pointed out that God told Eliyahu that this is not the proper path. God told Eliyahu on the mountaintop after he failed at Carmel to turn the people towards God, God took Eli- no, Eliyahu. No, was meant well. He was a faithful, devoted servant and prophet of God, but his path didn't work. The people didn't listen. The, literally, the moment after his great success at Hara Carmel, he was already being chased into the wilderness with a, a price on his head. The the um and the people were already, you know, turning back in the wrong direction. Elisha now. Uh, is taking the path of I'm going to do it twice as much. I'm going to do twice as many miracles, and we'll, uh, you know, uh, you know. And if you recall, we we described how when Eliyahu was taken to heaven, it was in order to show him that this is not the path. This is not the right way but rather one day maybe in the future one day when the uh, when it comes time to uh, you know for the ultimate redemption at the end of the prophecies of Malachi the final prophecy elio is going to come back and bring about a return to god through vachiv al banim banim bringing people together as opposed to through miracles and spectacles and especially as opposed to uh, through punishments which Eliyahu did um, uh, uh, perform, such as the killing of all of the prophets of Baal after the Carmel, and so on. But rather, Eliyahu will one day learn that this is not the approach to bringing people back to God. Now, Elisha is is going to be taking, and we've already seen, he started taking the path of the same path that Eliyahu took, only even more spectacular, even more miracles. So let's see how this plays out, because this chapter uh, 4 is very much, uh, almost mirror image of the chapter that occurred on 17 in the first book of Kings with, his pro- with the prophet Eliyahu, with Elijah, but it may even more spectacular. So here we go with the following story, and there was a woman, one woman, who was one of the wives of the Bnei Hanavi'im, the Bananavim are the disciples of the prophets, right? And we've had this group; <laughs> they've come up from time to time. But most uh, recently, we discussed them. They were the ones that had witnessed the uh, the spectacle of, of Elisha uh, um, and Eliyahu at their last moments together. And when Elisha returned after Eliyahu went up to heaven, these Bananavim witnessed the miracles that Elisha performed. Um, these banana vim are the ones that are faithful to God, and um, one of their wives, uh, 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 the wife of one of these banana vim, so she cried out to Elisha as follows: ishi meit, "Your servant, my husband, passed away; is uh, passed on. But you know ki avducha that your servant he was fearful of God." Now, if you recall, the last time we used these terms, Yoreh, uh, in reference and description of someone, it was describing Ovadia. Ovadia was the um, servant of God uh, who w- remained in the house of Ahab, right, of the king Ahab the evil king, and thus was able to save many of the disciples, many of these Bnei Hanaviim, many of these Neviim, of these prophets of God. So, because the t- term is mentioned here, the, the, uh, the tradition has it that this um, woman was the wife of Ovajah who had passed away and that Ovajah had taken out a loan uh, from the king Yehoram who at the time was not yet the king he was the son of the king right who the Yehoram is now the king and, um, and taken out a loan in order to help sustain these, these hundred uh, prophets and that's how he was able to do it uh, so, but but uh, that's that's obviously not written in the verse. It's important to remember that's 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 tradition, and it's a uh, uh, it's an interesting way to look at this entire story. But the verse itself doesn't tell us who this woman is or who her husband was, other than that he was faithful to God, and that he was one of this group of prophets that were faithful to God. V'hanosheba and his creditor, someone who he owes money to. Is coming to take my two children, Lola as servants for himself. So, in other words, I'm in a desperate, desperate situation. Uh, my husband incurred a debt. I have no ability to repay that debt, and someone is coming to take. And the creditor is coming to take my children away as slaves. This gives us an idea of what kind of, of society we were living in. And this is, uh, you know, and what, how, how corrupt the Northern Kingdom, where this is all occurring, was, and and just the 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 thought, the idea of taking two children away as slaves, this is this is just uh, an awful thought. Elisha, so uh, Elisha said to her, Ma What can I do for you, right? Hagidili, tell me, Ma yesh lach What do you have in your house, right? What, what do you have? and she said. In other words, it sounds like he's trying to say, um, let's see what we have to work with, right? Let's see what we can do. Your servant or your maidservant only has nothing in this house except except for a small jug of oil. That's all I have. Which, of course, reminds us of the widow (coughs) who helped Eliyahu that also had a jug of oil. And if you remember, then Eliyahu made a nase, a miracle, from which she was able to pour oil from that jug for, for uh, you know, for a long time. Go and borrow other vessels from outside. You know, go from other friends. From all of your neighbors. But borrow any empty vessels they may have lying around. You know, don't... Uh, do, do this uh, uh, in a small way. Get, get as many as you possibly can. Uvas and then come and then close the door uh, behind you and your children. In other words, it should only be the family inside. I'll call and you should pour into all of these vessels tasi, And then when they are full, take them out. carry them out. So she left from him, and she closed the door in between uh, behind you know behind her and her children. In other words, leaving only family in the house. To make this miracle to be something more private, something not on a public scale. They would bring her the vessels, and then she would pour. And when all of these vessels were full, she would say to her son, Hagisha bring me another vessel. And then he said to her, there are no more vessels. We already, all the ones that we collected, that's it. And then the oil stopped. So she went and said to the man of God, to Elisha, <coughs> go to the market, sell the oil, and you can pay back the debt, and whatever money is left, you can live on, and you'll have money. So this was the miracle that Elisha performed for this woman. Now, um, uh, this this miracle, of course, reminds us of the story of Eliyahu. It's a similar story with some differences. uh, And here we have, uh, on uh, one thing we see is the, the compassion which Alicia, of course, had for this woman. But we also are a little bit, there's some things thrown in here that make us a little concerned. First of all, this woman was one of the in, inner circle, the inner circle of prophets. This was a miracle he was performing for someone that was a member of his club, right? This was not a miracle performed for the public, and it was, in fact, not even for the public to see at all. i just make a note of that. But here he saved this woman and her children from a terrible, terrible fate by performing this miracle. I want to touch a little bit on this whole concept of miracles uh, and what the purpose of these miracles are. And I would like to quote from the Mishnah Torah, from the words of the Rambam, Who describes? If you you know, for those of you that are following along in this podcast, you would be familiar with and the fact that I generally try to choose uh, when I explain these words. I try to choose uh, very, uh, I guess, rationalistic would be the right word explanations that are that are as close to the meaning of the text as I possibly can can do. That's why I call this podcast "Let the Prophets Speak." Here, where we have some a story that's presented as a miracle, it makes you wonder, what is the point? Um, what's the purpose of this miracle? What are we trying to learn from here? And when I brought out the story of Eliyahu, the point that I tried to bring out was, and, and that I believe was demonstrated in the verses that I read, was the idea that performing tricks will not bring people back to God. In other words, it might make a temporary... Uh, 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 it might temporarily cause people to uh, call out, Hashemu Elohim, God is the, is the true God, which is what people called out at Harakarmel, but it, it's temporary, it's fleeting, and it goes away. Um, and Elisha, who chose the same path, I'm going to suggest, and you'll tell me, as you can think to yourselves, as we learn this chapter and many following chapters... Did Elisha's career result in success? Remember, this book was written by Yirmiyahu Jeremiah. At least that's the tradition. Or, um, as not so much as a history, the Book of Kings was not as a history of the kings, because constantly we have mentioned, you know, if you want to read history, go to another book. That's that's a, that's a refrain that happens repeatedly. But to show us that this entire period of of, of the kings, from the beginning all the way back to the first king, David, uh, all the way till the unfortunate end with, with the Babylonian conquest and exile, that it was a path where we had many chances to turn towards God, but we kept on taking those wrong choices. I, I would Yirmiyahu himself, who is the writer of this book, took a de- very different path. He was not a miracle-working prophet. And I almost get the sense that Yermio is trying to teach us that not only did Elio try that path and it didn't work, because that path does not work, Elisha tried it twice as much and it didn't work. In other words, both, of course, meant well. Both were faithful servants of God and both tried this path because miracles simply don't work. They don't bring the people back. In other words, they were there. Like a lot of times people say, well, if you go speak and meet someone who's, uh, who's skeptical of, of the existence of God, he said, well, if God would right away strike down lightning over here, then I'll believe. Or if he performs a miracle and I win the lottery tomorrow, I'll believe. Well, Elisha and Eliyahu tried that approach, but they still people still did not believe. And that's what I believe is the lesson we're going to learn as we go through the story of Elisha. Um, uh, but uh, let me. I just want to read from the Mishnah Torah in chapter eight of the Yis- Hilchot Yisodeh Torah. This is the words of the Rambam, and the in the and in, in the laws of the foundations of the Torah, chapter eight, um, number one. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, the, the Moses, our leader, our teacher, the the greatest prophet of all. The people of Israel did not believe in him because of the miracles that he performed. Right? Because immediately when we think about miracles, we think about Moshe, we think about how he performed tons and tons of miracles. But the people of Israel do not believe in Moshe because of his miracles. Shaham ma'amin because one who believes al pi'o osot because of miracles. Yehbeli bodofi. He always has doubt in his heart who knows maybe this was done through magic sorcery or trickery right in other words a miracle is just a miracle as long as you can't explain it then you all must be great the sign of god right but rather you know but you know so that 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 doesn't it doesn't mean it and as soon as someone else comes along and does a better trick then you go and follow him the Rambam goes on to describe how Moshe's miracles, all of them were performed with a purpose. They were done, and they were not done in order to prove that his prophecy was true. And he goes on to explain, rather, the truth of his prophecy remained in the prophecy itself. Now, this was, um, this, was the, the, this is the approach of, of Rambam, which I'm going to follow here. And therefore, what then would be the point of this miracle here? Well, there's obviously the point, the specific point of saving this woman and helping her. But unfortunately, you know, many people go through terrible, terrible suffering in this world. And we don't have prophets to go to who can perform miracles like this. So the meaning of it then, is, uh, uh, the meaning of showing us that Alicia was a kind-hearted person who cared about this woman, especially this woman who's, whose husband was a devoted follower of God, that's important. It's a lesson but it doesn't really bring a timeless lesson. So I'm going to argue as we study the story of Elisha that the timeless lesson is that despite the fact that a prophet can perform miracles, that in and of itself is not enough to convince us of the truth of God. The force, the power of the wisdom of the words of the prophets though that we have been studying together this now I think this is the fourth year I've been doing these podcasts, and the force and the power of the ideas conveyed by the prophets that Yermiohu would argue, and Yermiohu was one of the greatest of those prophets himself, would argue that in and of itself should be the basis of our belief in God. Uh, And and I'm going to stop here for the first part of Chapter 4. We're going to continue Chapter 4 together in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying this podcast, uh, studying the beginning of Chapter 4 of the second book of Kings together with me. Looking forward to continuing the study of this wonderful book together. Have a wonderful day.